Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better organist. We're your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Usham Motuzaita Pinkavichina. We have over 25 years of experience of playing the organ. And we've been teaching thousands of organists online from 89 countries since 2011. So now let's jump in and get started with the podcast for today. We hope you'll enjoy it. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Let's start episode 705 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This question was sent by Matthew and he writes, Hello Vidas and Usha. Thank you for all that you are doing to encourage and coach organists. Number one, what is your dream for organ playing? Be able to accompany any song without losing the mood of the song. Rich bass and appropriate chords. Number two, what are th- three most important things that are holding you back when from realizing your dream? A. Fingering. B. Unable to play soprano and alto on right simultaneously, bass and alto on left simultaneously, and C, knowledge of chords, best regards, Matthew. Well, for the from the wording of this question, I get a feeling that Matthew hasn't been playing on the organ for a long time, yes, for very long. it seems like that. The terms that he's using are usually uh, quite general. They're meant for people who who are not specialized, right? Who haven't, um, uh, let's say, studied formally. Yes, yes. Uh, So knowledge of chords, we would say harmony. Yes, definitely. Music theory, or even at the beginning, theory, and then, yeah. you know, harmony. before harmony, you cannot, harmony. you cannot neglect theory because harmony is a second level yes. from theory. Harmony is basically a subject which deals with the uh, with the chords in 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 keyboard uh, notation, basically two voices in each hand, right? At least four voices, right? And uh, music theory just teaches you various elements of music, starting with what? With scales, modes, intervals, and then chords. Yes, music theory doesn't, you know, teach you, teaches to know the names of the chords and how to recognize them, how to do inversions, but it does not teach you how to connect those chords together in the right way. Yes, how to make a, how to create a meaningful passage of music using those chords. That's what harmony teaches you. Music theory might concern about one or two chords, like a dissonant chord and its resolution to the tonic chord. Uh, yes, but not... But not, not a wider passage. Yes. Okay. So Matthew wants to accompany any song without losing the mood of the song. Rich bass and appropriate chords. So, yes, he needs to select appropriate harmony uh, to the melody of the song. 
But you know, if you are an experienced an experienced musician, you really if and you want to accompany somebody, you really need to play it from the score. I think you need to find a score and play from it, not to you know to add your own chords. You might be able to do that in the future, but as a beginner, I think it it wouldn't be really um, smartest idea. Let me put it that way. Uh, supplying your own harmony to the to the me original melody, a hymn or a another kind of sacred uh, song or a secular song, you just supply a harmony. It's called harmonization. Uh, it could be without pedals, it could be with pedals. Uh, the melody could be in the right hand or it could be in the left hand or whatever you choose uh, texture, right? But this process is basically creating new piece of music. So let me uh, make an analogy with a different field in terms of uh, literature. Then you would understand it better because people read books, right? More often than play music or yes. at least, uh, you know, newspapers or, or magazines. Or now on the phone, something right from the just titles of the articles. articles. Yeah, but they still they need they and read. watching pictures. They read, and what what Matthew needs to do is, of course, to harmonize and create new new short pieces of music. So in literature, you would actually um, compare it to being able to write write a, a, um, an essay, let's say an essay or a short paragraph, uh, right? Like a story, maybe like a short story based on a certain theme. A theme like a pre-existing pre theme that is given to you or you choose for yourself. Uh, so how realistic is that if you are not a reader first? You have to be a reader first and then writer second. Correct, Osha? Yes, that's correct. And I've read somewhere, I've read somewhere that you have to read 100 books in order to be able to write one. It's maybe generalization, maybe it's over-exaggerated uh, version. But it was, I think... A citation from one of those French uh, uh, creators of encyclopedias from the 18th century, uh, and of course they they, they knew the 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 knowledge of uh, encyclopedic things, and uh, they knew the necessity of read so many books, 100 books, and then be able to write one uh, skillfully, you know. So what I'm getting to is actually you have to play musical compositions first and only then probably uh, aim to harmonize or create your own compositions. Yes, and how to achieve, for example, a rich bass uh, you, if you are accompanying somebody and you want to have rich bass, you need to play the lowest voice on the pedal board. With adding, you know, mm -hmm. 16 foot and other organ stops. So this skill is actually 
easier to learn if you read the real organ compositions from the score and if you do 100 of them over the course of several years right or or sooner you will be able to do that and you know like like him playing him accompaniment might do a great thing here because learning to accompany hymns you can learn all these things, you know, to play rich bass with a pedal line and you can see how, you know, chords are connected between themselves because it's usually written in the hymnals, the four voice, you know, harmonization. And uh, I think this would, would help you a great deal. And uh, as, you know, the... Matthew writes that he is unable to play soprano and alto in the right hand in part. the right hand simultaneously and bass and tenor on left simultaneously. So if you know if you want to accompany him right as it should be, you should play of course soprano and alto with your right hand, then tenor with your left hand, but the bass line with the pedals. And it really you know annoys me that. Very often, church organists double the bass line in the left hand with the pedal line. In other words, they play all four parts uh, with the hands, plus they play the pedals, uh, the bass line additionally, which is incorrect. And uh, I I think I understand why this problem exists because uh, still there are still more people that are right-handed. And if you are right-handed, as for example with the Sanaya are, uh, it gives you uh, trouble to play left hand and pedals at the same time. Because usually uh, your brain makes you work in such a way that you want to double with your left hand whatever you are playing in the pedals. Mm -hmm. So you need to persevere uh, with playing uh, maybe combi combination of left hand and pedals together. First of all alone, but then together uh, more than right hand combinations uh, because that's more difficult to do. Uh, tenor alone, bass alone and then tenor and bass together and you know like fingering gives a hard time uh, for Matthew just really try to work on the hymns from the hymnal any four part hymnal and I think it will give you quite a right notion of fingering because if you are playing four voices on the keyboard I just cannot imagine how could you be wrong in the fingering mm -hmm. yes uh, because um, it's all position fingering. Yes, right? it's very position fingering. Uh, intervals between, um, let's say, a fifth, you could uh, play with one, two, three, four, five fingers without changing any position, right? C and E, three notes. So you play one and three, or two and four, or even three and five if, if there is a change in position. Um, so that's a third. A fourth, a fifth, exactly the same. One four, one five, even two five. But then wider than a fifth, you play with one five. That's right. C to A or C to B, that's a seventh. Or an octave, C to C, you still play with the same one five fingering. Mm, yes. 
Well, and you know, as about losing the mood in the middle, let's say, of the hymn or of a song that you are accompanying, uh, what would keep you in the right mood all the time? That if you could sing, you know, whatever you are accompaniment, you could sing the melody along while you're accompanying it. Because that would help you, you know, to keep up with the congregation or soloist or choir or whatever you are accompanying. Because if, if you cannot do that, it means you don't know that song well enough and you are still not ready to accompany it. Mm -hmm. And also you need to, because, you know, if you are accompanying song or a hymn, it has uh, text, yes, like uh, words. So you really need to be familiar with those words and meaning of those words because, you know, usually a song or a hymn has more than one verse. So you need to know them all and to choose your registration accordingly or, you know, the level of your dynamics accordingly. If you are playing, for example, it accompanying on the piano too. So it's 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 really important. Plus, if you will you know know the text well, and if you can sing, and I don't mean that you will have to sing you know when you are actually accompanying it and performing it, but in preparation for doing it, it will gives you the natural musicality. You will know how to phrase things, where to take longer breaks between the phrases, where to slow down, for example, at the end. And and about tempo, yes, it will give you a good notion about tempo because it's often that, not maybe very often, but it's quite often the case that, you know, organist uh, chooses tempo without thinking about it. And when it's either too slow or too fast for congregation or a choir to sing, of course, if you have conductor, then it's all solved because conductor dictates the tempo. But you, if you are, you know, the main musician in the church or whenever you are accompanying somebody, then you know, this responsibility, it's up to you to choose the right tempo. And if you will sing, you will know how fast or how slow you should play. Exactly. And I would just add at the end that... Um a good idea would be to choose, um, let's say, 100 hymns and to practice one hymn per week. In 100 weeks, you will learn 100 uh, hymns and you will be able to play a lot of organ repertoire, basic level repertoire after that, right? So a good place to start is um, our hymn playing uh, workshop. It's, it's, it's just... Um, for 10 hymns, it's a very small selection of hymns, but it's a very good starting point. Good luck with that. So, hope this was useful to you. This was with us. And Osha. Please send us more of your questions. We love helping you grow. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen. This podcast is supported by Total Organist the most comprehensive organ training program online. It has hundreds of courses, coaching and practice materials for every area of organ playing, thousands of instructional videos and PDFs. You will not find more value anywhere else online.
Total Organist helps you to master any piece, perfect your technique, develop your sight reading skills, improvise or compose your own music and much much more. Sign up and begin your training today at organduo.lt and click on Total Organist. And of course you will get the first month for free too. You can cancel anytime. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, you can check out our page on Buy Me A Coffee platform. Find out more at buymeacoffee.com slash organduo.